grace and peace to you. You are about to hear a life-changing word from the Kingdom Church by one of God's end-time prophetic voices. And now, let's join the prophet, Bishop Demetrius J. Senegal. Well, grace and peace, and the Lord bless you. I'm Bishop Senegal, and thank you for tuning in to the Kingdom Living Podcast. I'm honored that you have set aside some time, whether you're driving, whether you're at home, on your lunch break, wherever you are, you're listening to the gospel of the kingdom. I believe that the kingdom and the name of Jesus Christ is the central message of the Bible. It is the central message that Jesus came preaching. Jesus came preaching one message. And it is the gospel of the kingdom. If we can, and I believe we can, grasp an understanding of the central and foundational principles that Jesus taught and and Jesus demonstrated, we can obtain the kind of life that Jesus was able to obtain, the kind of life uh, that influenced the various systems, economies, and environments that he was connected to, never being dependent on any of those systems, but having the influence or the ability to influence those systems. Isn't that a powerful place to live in, a place that you are so free from the government or from the control of the environments that you are in, whether it is in your family, your economic uh, status or environment, uh, a relational status and environment, whatever world it is that you find yourself in, then it is possible to live a life that influences them but is not controlled by them. And so our focus and our objective on kingdom living is to share with you those kingdom principles, practical principles for kingdom living. So do me a favor before we get into our discussion today. uh, Subscribe to this podcast, whether you're listening via iTunes or via Google Play or on Podbean, however you're listening to the podcast, hit the subscribe button. Uh, It'll help us to know that we're reaching you and it will help you to know when a new podcast is available to you. I promise you, if you invest the next 45 minutes or so into listening to this podcast, you will understand why it will be essential for you to continue to listen to it. So hit the subscribe button. And then number two, share this podcast with somebody. Let somebody know about Kingdom Living and uh, share it with them. Send them a link, text them a link, or hit the share button and share it with them. On last week, we started talking about understanding your place in the kingdom. Why uh, has God put you in the earth and in time at this time? Why are you alive right now? I believe that every person is alive in the time and in the age or the dispensation that they are alive in for a specific purpose. It's not coincidental. Uh, it's not by chance. You are alive now for a specific purpose. And if you are ever going to live a completely and totally fulfilled life, you must discover that purpose. Every person that I know that has any sense of self-awareness has begun the pursuit of discovering purpose, discovering the why. Why am I alive? What is my cause? What is my purpose? Uh, Identifying their intrinsic wiring. Why am I wired this way? What is it in me that pulls me to that? And the discovery of purpose is good, but there's even a, a second Uh, level of discovery that we must do beyond just a 
broad sense of the idea or concept of purpose must be the specific pursuit of God's purpose for your life. Albert Einstein said that a life directed primarily towards the fulfillment of personal desires will sooner or later always lead to bitter disappointment. That's a powerful thought. A life that's directed primarily towards the fulfillment of personal desires will sooner or later always be led to bitter disappointment. Now that thought is is contradictory, counterintuitive to the way that the average one of us is raised. We are raised with our own desire as the center focus. Do what makes you happy. Follow your heart, you know, go after, follow what you feel and do what makes you happy. Our mothers, our fathers, grandparents, our teachers raise us and instill that line of of self-centered or self-focused thinking within us that makes us the object of the pursuit of purpose, uh, that makes ourselves the chopping block and the defining, uh, 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 the defining lane of thought about what purpose should look like. And even Albert Einstein had an understanding that if your understanding or your focus for living is directed back to yourself, it will always lead to bitter disappointment. Why? Because you as a creation can never be both the starting and the ending point of purpose. You're a creation. I am a creation. And because of that, in order to identify or arrive at intended purpose, we need to get into the mind of our creator. Look at Proverbs, the 19th chapter, Proverbs chapter number 19 and uh, in verse number 21. Proverbs chapter number nineteen and verse number twenty-one, and uh, you know, as I as I often point out, uh, sorry, I dropped drop something there. As I often point out, uh, you'll hear pages flipping. Uh, I remember years ago, uh, one of the first churches we planted, I was using uh, an iPad to teach from, and uh, one of the church mothers said to me, Bishop. You know, the word is power. I don't think it was bishop then. Uh, prophet, the word is powerful and, you know, I'm enjoying it. But but where are the pages? I said, where are the pages of what, mother? Where are the pages in that iPad? You need a Bible. <laughs> and so uh, so I carry around uh, oftentimes and the majority of time when I'm teaching, I use an actual Bible with some pages in it. But Proverbs, the 19th chapter. And the 21st verse, we talked about this last week, and it's a fundamental starting point for the discovery of purpose or for relating to purpose. It says, there are many devices in a man's heart. One translation says, many are the plans of a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord. One translation says, the purpose of the Lord shall stand or shall prevail over all. It's important that we understand that because our God is sovereign, that means that he is the one in charge. He is the one that is seated upon the throne. He has certain rights, privileges that are due him, that are intrinsic to his role as sovereign. And one of those rights uh, that are due him is the right to define the purpose of that which he has created. 
uh, one of the central focuses of the ministry of Jesus Christ in teaching the gospel of the kingdom was announcing the clarion call to be born again. Uh, and when we talk about being born again, being born again literally means a, a more accurate translation would mean to be born from above. Um, it does not mean a cessation of the present life. It means a rearranging of the perspective of origination, changing what you view your starting point as. Did you get started on your birth date or was your birth date simply a day that gave you the opportunity to show up? which means you were already purposed, you were already in existence in terms of eternity, in terms of the mind of God, in terms of purpose. You were already in existence. Uh, you just simply had not come into manifestation. It's not a foreign concept. If we were to look into Genesis, uh, we see the, the creation narrative. The first chapter talks about the creation of Adam. Uh, uh, the second chapter, I believe, is simply a, uh, a recapitulation of the first chapter gives us details about the creation narrative. But then when we get into the third, fourth, by the time we get to the fifth chapter, it says something. And he called their name Adam. So when God creates Adam, the word Adam means mankind. Though woman had not yet been formed, she was created. And I would suggest to you that before you were formed... You were created. You were purposed, which means then you cannot solely assess, interpret, uh, uh, attempt to discover your purpose with your life as the starting point. You've got to begin before your life or before your form because you began before your form. Uh, and so as we pursue purpose, we must pursue purpose from a higher plane of responsibility. We're taught loyalty to family. Uh, we're taught loyalty to the fulfillment of your personal needs. Again, do what makes you happy. You know, pursue happiness. We're taught to be loyal to our jobs and to the clubs that we may be involved in. But very rarely are we taught to be loyal to our purpose. And even if we were taught it, it would be dangerous unless we were being taught it by someone who had a proper concept of what purpose was. Remember last week I said that uh, in order to arrive at an intended conclusion, you've got to have the proper starting place. You'll hear some thundering and raining in the background. It's a, it's a rainy day here in Houston. But in order to arrive at the intended conclusion, you've got to have the proper starting point. If you start with a wrong concept, you end up with a misconcept, a misconception. And there's so much misconception about what purpose is and how purpose is defined and how purpose is to be discovered. When we talk about purpose, I want to define purpose as the reason for which something was created. That's what we'll define purpose as. Purpose is the reason for which something was created. What is the reason that you were created? And it's important that we distinguish between the difference or the difference between the reason for which something was created and then the reason something lives for. 
We need to distinguish that those are two different things, that it's possible to be living for something that is not the reason you are created for. So purpose as the reason for which something was created then can only be discovered by getting into the mind of who or what created it. So with that in mind, we need to consider ourselves through the lens of creation. Are we a creation? Obviously, the answer is yes. And so since we are a creation, we need to get into the mind of our creator if we're going to understand our purpose in its purest sense. Colossians chapter number one and verse number 15 says, a matter of fact, begin at verse 16. For by him were all things created that are in the heavens and in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. So there's several things that we need to extract from Colossians 1 and 16. Number one, he is the ultimate creator. Number two, all things that were created were created by him, which brings us back to point number one. And then number three, they were created for him. So as we consider this whole conversation of purpose, we need to consider it within the context of, number one, I have a creator, and number two, my creator has an intention for creating me. And my purpose then must be to discover his purpose and then allow his purpose to be seen, made manifest, and to be demonstrated through me. Look at John chapter number one. John chapter number one. And uh, let's look at verse number one. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. So we must discover now again, we were created by God. Now, John's writing brings further illumination that it is only in him that we can arrive or return back to the light of life. So there's several things I want to give you to consider. Number one, a creation doesn't get to define itself. A hammer doesn't get to define itself. A screwdriver doesn't get to define itself. A car doesn't get to define itself then somebody might say well application defines it how it's used uh, defines it and I would disagree with that because just because something can be used or is used in a certain way does not mean that that was or is its purpose I shared on last week that the word pervert means to use something in a way other than it was in originally intended. Uh, let's use a gun, for example. Uh, uh, if we look at a gun, a gun has various uses, some of them pure and purposeful, others of them harmful and perverted. Uh, if a person takes a gun and turns that gun on themselves and, and commits suicide, the gun was used to commit suicide, but certainly we cannot say then that the purpose of the gun is to commit suicide. Uh, let's say a gun is used to commit homicide. 
it was used to perpetrate a homicide. But certainly we cannot say that the purpose of the gun was used to commit a homicide. Well, somebody might say, well, obviously the gun is meant to kill someone. Is that the purpose or is that the means to the purpose? Is the purpose law and order, uh, uh, defense, arms, uh, putting and, and putting in the hands of men and people the ability to defend, to protect, to take up arms, a constitutional right? Uh, and so we can clearly see that just because something can be used in a way does not mean that's its purpose. Because oftentimes, we begin the discovery of purpose simply by looking at application. You know, I've once heard it said, and I, I may have said it before, if you want to see your purpose, look at what you do. You know, look at what you're given to doing. What are you drawn to? And the reality is that, sure, in some cases, our natural wiring reveals purpose. But in other cases, our wiring has been perverted. And because it's been perverted, then the outcome or the output or the revelations that come from that wiring are equally perverted. And again, when we talk about perversion, I don't mean sexual perversion. You know, I don't mean, uh, uh, you know, perversion solely in that sense. I simply mean an application outside of its original intent. So creation does not define itself, okay? Uh, uh, number two, application does not define the creation. And then number three, time doesn't define creation. What then brings definition? What brings definition is the creator. All right. What brings definition is the creator. So then if the creation is defined by the creator, rather than saying we can discover purpose by looking at the creation, a more accurate approach would be to discover the creation by looking through the purpose that I discover the depth, the beauty, even the power of a creation when I can understand its purpose. Let's say you buy some new electronic device that comes out and uh, you know it, it's, it's shiny so it looks wonderful. You can never fully appreciate the, the power, um, the, the beauty of the device without understanding its purpose. What can it do? What are its capabilities? Uh, comparing it to others that are in its same class, what makes this stand out? Uh, and one of the most dangerous things that humanity can do, that you or I can do, is attempt to discover our purpose by looking within ourselves alone. No, that's not where the discovery or the pursuit of discovering purpose must begin at. The pursuit for discovering the purpose of a creation does not begin within the creation but it begins within the creator. One of the dangerous things that I've discovered is that we live in our personal bubbles and we stay in this bubble by concentrating on our own immediate pursuit of happiness, our own immediate sense of balance and fulfillment until something happens that breaks that bubble and then we're overwhelmed with anxiety and fear and we're back to ground one searching for the meaning of life. And that's not how God designed or intended for you to live. But if you began the pursuit of purpose by 
concentrating on your own happiness, what makes you happy, what you believe, you know, brings you fulfillment or, or a sense of balance into your life, then you set yourself up that at the minute your your world experiences a change that was unexpected or uncalculated, you find yourself back at first base, back at ground zero. But when purpose is found from an external experience or place, even then, it's only temporary. So then purpose cannot begin with me. Purpose cannot be found in some material, plain, uh, external source. Purpose must be found or must be understood through the mind and the intent and the heart of the creator. Here's a master key. The purpose of life is not just to be happy. What did you say, Bishop Senegal? Did you just tell me that the purpose of my life, that my focus should not be to be happy? That is not the purpose of life. God wants you happy. Of course, again, he said, I would that you have life and life more abundantly. But that's not God's primary purpose for humanity. And when you make happiness your primary focus, then when you face job issues or when you face health challenges, when there's a conflict that arises in your family, a divorce, someone suddenly dies, uh, someone gets sick and suddenly unexpectedly transitions, the uncertainties of life happen, then happiness leaves and you begin to melt down. And we have such an in balanced world around us. And I don't care if you live here in America or in some other country, the equilibrium of humanity is off because we have made happiness our primary focus as opposed to purpose being the primary focus. And when you live your life with your ultimate primary focus as God's purpose or your creator's purpose, then it frees your mind to live outside of your own personal limitations, your own personal issues, and even outside of the negative wiring that the experiences of your past have entrenched or are forged within you. When you live life from heaven down, remember I said being born again means to be born from above. When you begin to live outside of yourself, then you cease to allow yourself to be defined by the personal limitations and labels that have been ascribed to those personal limitations by other people who may have or share those same personal limitations. But when I begin to view myself through the lens of my creator, then even the personal limitations that I have given immutable, final authority in my life cease to have that authority. What do you mean? Because if my creator created me for this purpose, then this limitation must not be a final stopping place for me. There must be a way, something that has been put on the inside of me that has the capacity to overcome the hurdle that this limitation has presented to conquer the thing that seemed unconquerable, but I can only begin to explore and to discover that that type of freedom, that type of liberty, that type of power, when I step outside of myself as the center of purpose and I see my life not as purpose in and of itself, but my life is a means to accomplishing 
his purpose. So here's another reality then. The discovery of your purpose doesn't happen within you. The discovery of your purpose doesn't happen within you. Let me give you another master key. The revelation of purpose is in the creator and not in the creation. Now, one of the reasons that this type of kingdom teaching uh, uh, will, will go against the grain of our natural wiring is because it takes a certain degree of humility to be willing to relinquish the keys or the throne of sovereignty in our life where we have made ourselves the sovereign. No, my happiness is my purpose. That's my focus. I discover purpose within me. Me, me, me. What do I want to do? What do I like? At the center of our being and the focus of our being, we have been taught to put ourselves there. But the reality is, as we've seen it in scripture. Now, again, I'm talking to you with a presupposition. And the presupposition I, I begin with is that you, like me, uh, agree that God's word is, in fact, God's will. And it is, in fact, God's mind. And if you agree with that, then when the word of God says that by him, all things were created and for him, then you have to agree that the direction of our life has to be towards God. The direction of our affection. He is the object of our life. He is the object of our affection. Our desires then must be redirected away from ourselves. Because if you are the starting point and the ending point, then you will never find fulfillment because you're living a circular life, a life that always comes back to the same point, you always comes back to the same hurdle, you, the same issue, you, the same breakdowns, you. But if I'm not the starting point, if my starting point predates my life, then my life and the limitations that my life has forced upon me, they are temporary at best. And they are absolutely conquerable. Isn't that good news? That's gospel. That's good news that whatever limitations, whatever challenges, whatever hurdles, whatever breakdowns that you may presently deal with, God has graced you. He has placed within you the way, the means, the power, the opportunity to conquer, to leap over those hurdles. So then if God is the source and his word is, our, is, the, is his will, then ultimate purpose and our ultimate purpose is revealed in the word of God. And so when I read the Bible, I can't just read it as a religious book, as a religious textbook. I've got to read it as, as insight into the heart and into the mind of my creator and his desire for his creation. It's an instruction manual. You know, when you get something brand new, I mean something brand new that, that comes in the box. I don't mean off of offer up or off of eBay. I mean something brand new off of the shelf or, or straight from direct from the manufacturer. It comes in a box and with that box and with that, that item that you've bought comes an instruction manual that gives you an opportunity to get into the mind of the inventors who know best Obviously, they know best about the thing that they've created and how to use that thing to the best of its capacity and capabilities. Let's look at 1 John chapter number 3. 1 John chapter number 3. I prophesy that as you're listening to the Kingdom Living podcast, 
that something will begin to stir on the inside of you, that you'll begin to feel the awakening of the desire to discover true purpose. I don't mean superficial purpose that focuses solely on you, that has you at the center. I mean purpose that is bigger than you, that is greater than you, that uses you, that you must lend yourself to. I declare that that thing begins to stir and awaken on the inside. First John 3 and 1 says this, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. So the word of God calls us the children of God. And because we are the children of God, there are, are many of his characteristics that are on the inside of us. He is a creator. Uh, we are creative. Uh, he is sovereign and he's given to us free will. We have the power to choose. And like God, we have the power to decide. But that does not mean that we can make our choices outside of the consciousness of original purpose if, and here's the if, if we're going to live a fulfilled life. If you're going to live a life that that allows you to, to live in a posture of rest, free from anxiety, free from anxiousness, free from fear and apprehension and living in the in the undefined world of the hypothetical, the possible, what if, living in the world, the world of what ifs. We can't make our choices outside of the consciousness of original purpose. You must you must awaken to original purpose. And in order to awaken to original purpose, you have to have an understanding of his way of thinking and to understand his ways. And you've got to grasp his line of reasoning. Our minds think through the way that we have been socialized. Uh, and so if, if you come from, for instance, if you were abused as a child, and uh, you are not loved, you are not affirmed, then your world will be seen through the lens or through the view of abuse. You will define things uh, uh, through that lens because that's what your socialization has afforded you. If you were raised in uh, a perhaps uh, a stricter environment where there were rules and guidelines and uh, there were expectations, standards of excellence, then you will see the world, you will define things through that lens, through that lens and through that view. And so in order to think from above, we've got to take on the mind of Christ, the mind of God. What was God's original intent for you? Have you ever paused and asked that question? Rather than asking yourself, what is your purpose? Have you ever asked your creator, God, what is your intent? What was your original intent before you went through life, before you experienced whatever you experienced, before you lived through whatever you have lived, good or bad? What was God's original intent and original purpose for your life? Because it's possible to be doing a good thing but it not be 
the God thing or the kingdom thing. And oftentimes we justify and we find some sense of rest in believing we are in our purpose as long as we are doing good. Are you in your purpose doing good if the good that you are doing is not the good that God has called you to? Don't be satisfied and just doing a good thing. Pursue doing the good thing, the God thing, the kingdom thing that God has called you to do. Look at Isaiah chapter number 55, Isaiah the 55th chapter and uh, the 8th verse, Isaiah chapter 55 and verse number 8. I hope you're grabbing and getting something today uh, as we continue this uh, teaching on understanding your purpose, uh, specifically in the kingdom of God. Isaiah 55 and 8 says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. And so we've got to understand our value system, the way we define and decide what is good, our reasoning. God does not think through the lens of our reasoning. Very often, our reasoning moves from time forward. You reason why you should do or should not do whatever it is that you do or don't do based on where you are right now, why it's not good for right now. Well, God... He's too big to be stuck in or at any specific or particular moment. He's the God that stands at the beginning, knowing the end, calling the end from the beginning. So he takes into perspective the entirety of time as he defines and decides and assigns uh, his creation, that's you and I, to his work, that's the earth and the world. Proverbs, the third chapter and the fifth verse says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. One thing that I'm often confused by is our uh, uh, confidence, our sense of security in following our heart. People telling us, follow your heart. When the scripture tells us that the heart is wicked and deceitful above all things, who can know it? So the writer of Proverbs is, is wise when he says, listen, don't lean to your own understanding. Don't trust in you. Trust in the Lord and lean not to your own understanding. Look at John chapter number seven. Look at John seven and verse number 18. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory, but he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. If your pursuit of purpose begins and ends with you, you're seeking after your own glory. But the glory that God desires to make revealed in you is the glory that can only be revealed in the heart and through the life of a person, of a man, of a woman, who has made God and his Christ their objective and the deciding factor of what it is that they commit their lives to. It's possible to have a good desire, God, why can't I do this now? Why didn't you do this now? And not be able to understand that it was not the purpose of God for that moment or for that time. You remember in John the 11th chapter after Lazarus had died and when Jesus finally got to Mary and Martha's house, they said to him, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Now, it would have been a good thing. It would have been a good thing for Jesus to have been there and uh, raise Lazarus up from the sick bed. That would have been a good thing. But it was not the purpose or was not the central focus or the central focus of purpose for that particular and or specific moment. Jesus says to her, listen, don't have time to get into why I wasn't and why I could have and what should have. But I'll tell you this. 
your brother shall live again. Jesus was telling her, listen, if it is the will of God, nothing that has happened can change what the outcome will be. Remember in Matthew, the 12th chapter, Jesus's blood family, his mother and brothers came to see him while he was in the middle of teaching. And they said to Jesus, your mother, behold your mother, behold your brother. They want to talk to you. Jesus says, listen, who is my mother? Who is my brother? These that do the will. Jesus was focused on one thing, fulfilling the purpose of God, fulfilling the purpose that he had been sent to. Matthew, the 16th chapter and the 24th verse says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I want to leave you with this master key. The discovery of purpose begins at the denial of self. Are you willing to deny your desires, what you want to do, and not begrudgingly, not upset or offended that you have to deny them? But finding in a sense of appreciation a value, humbly denying yourself, denying your desires, to take on the desires of the one who created you. After all, it is by him and for him that all things were created. This is Bishop Senegal, and this has been Kingdom Living. Listen, I trust that you were blessed today uh, by our time together. I really want to see you discover your kingdom purpose and not just discover it but begin to live it out. Do me a favor, if you haven't already, subscribe to the Kingdom Living Podcast. Get notified when there's a new podcast available and then share the podcast with somebody. Perhaps this has been a blessing to you and you say, Bishop Senegal, I want to sow. I want to sow into the Kingdom Living Podcast and I want to help you take the gospel throughout the nation and around the world. You can text GIVE to 832 905 9433. Again, that's give to 832-905-9433 and follow the giving prompts that'll come up on your phone there. Listen, it's time for us to regain and reclaim what God left for us as an inheritance. His kingdom, his dominion has been transferred to you and I. Until next time, this has been Kingdom Living and it's time to live the kingdom kind of life.